Broads, this episode is sponsored by Majori. Every single person deserves a little bit of sparkle in their life, right? Whether it's a gift from someone special or a little something to you from you, Majori has so many amazing options to add that bit of sparkle to your day-to-day life. From stackable rings to gold necklaces that are dying to be layered together, Majori has it all. Their pieces are handcrafted by expert jewelers, responsibly sourced and made to last, and you're only going to find the most premium materials used in their pieces, like 14 karat gold, sterling silver, freshwater pearls and even diamonds. I legit wear something from Majori almost every single day and let me tell you this stuff holds up. I am notorious for showering in my jewelry doing the dishes with my rings on right? All things you're not supposed to do basically but my Majori pieces look as good as the day I bought them. Visit Majori.com slash chatty for 10% off your first order. That's Majori.com slash chatty for 10% off your first order. Broads, 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 broads. Are you all ready for the exclusive virtual show this Saturday? It's coming, coming, coming! Dude, are you pumped? I am so pumped. It's going to be unhinged, not safe for work, insane. We're going to be doing shots. It's going to be hot. It's after hours. It's after hours. Um, It's going to be amazing. It's going to be fun. Uh, if you guys remember last time we did a live show, it was lit. We definitely were just like going off the hinges it's very it's very different very fun group dynamics couple dynamics so it's going to be this saturday at 6 p.m uh and if you get a ticket it's not you can watch it for like five days after too yeah which is nice you have access for a little bit you can re-watch it yeah and the broads are bringing us in so it's it's the group dynamic it's the family is coming together for this uh obviously the most insane finale ever so we're going to be diving into (laughs) We're going to be diving into it. It's going to be insane. Come on down to the monster truck rally. No, it's going to be insane. Um, also, if you're going to miss it, Evan and I will be doing a Q&A recap yes. the following Friday for There's- anyone who's been following along and is unable to attend our exclusive content with the broads. There's so much content in this finale, too. So there's going to be... You guys are going to have so many questions and so many thoughts, and we want to get into it. We want to address yeah, it. Yeah, because we're not going to address everything. And as we all process what happened throughout the week, new questions are going to arise as we get new information. And Evan and I want to answer those for you because we're all on this journey together. It's an emotional journey, and we want to be a part of it with you together. So we love you all. We cannot wait to see you Saturday night, and we will see you the following week. <laughs> Bros only. And welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Mm, good mix. How's yours? It's really good. This is like... One of the tamer cocktails you've ever made. Uh, that's true. You know, I make very uh, brutal. Like I make, I make cocktails. You get at like an old cash only dive bar where it's like, <laughs> yo, it's like, like, it just you hits s- you like a brick. You start your car off Evan's cocktail. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, every time I make Jess a cocktail, she's like a third of what you normally do, please. And then I make it for her. She goes, <laughs> and I go a little strong. Got it. No problem. And then I rip half of it and then fill the rest with juice. And then like, that's when I know, like, the, the 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 normal thing is like I give her a cocktail. She looks like she's gonna throw up. I then rip half of it and, and then fill fine. the rest with juice, hand it to her, and that's usually perfect. Yeah, 
<laughs> I don't know how to make it not that way. So I just make it really heavy, smash it, give it to her with juice in it, and we're good. Bro, there's like the opposite. We used to bring flasks into bars. Yeah. And my buddy, was, his MO was to just order a Coke at the right. bar. He'd go up to the bar and he'd be like, can I have Coca-Cola? One soda. And they're like, we know what you're doing. And he's like, they're like, okay. And they give him a Coke and he's like, thank you. And then he's just like sipping it. And then he sips a little bit, pours some whiskey in sip some more, pour some more in. And then eventually he's got this, you know, ratio that's like, it's mostly booze. Right, just right, with right. a dash. Isn't it funny the stuff you do when you're like 19 to drink? Give no fucks. Well, you just, well, also you're broke. So you're broke and you're also like... 19 it, in a bar. 19 in a bar and it has <laughs> nothing to do with taste. No. It has nothing to do with cocktail. It has to do everything with just... How am I going to get plastered as quickly as possible? And so, and it, but it's funny how there still is a ritual of this. Like, you, he still went and got a Coke. Mm-hmm. He still wanted to be a part of it, like mm-hmm. the bar thing. Well, you, you could have just kicked out. But I'm saying you could have just done the flask outside and walked around. But it, it was like, now I wanted to feel like I'm in a bar, like I'm an adult. So it's like a weird, funny mix. Like, I remember doing that kind of stuff all the time where it's like, you would just yeah sneaking booze into something was huge so it's like i'll go to a movie theater right it's like okay everyone like lie in their pockets with like a water bottle full of vodka and then you're just sipping disgusting squeeze bottle vodka and you're just like this is epic right we still sneak booze into places really well yeah did you see our thing on sne- how to sneak booze into dodger stadium no oh we have like a whole whole system oh my gosh man we're not like we so in dodger stadium you can bring in by the way, if anyone rats on us, I'm coming after you. <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is out. <laughs> this in is the a plan secret. Here. This is a secret, and you're welcome. Okay, but you can bring in any food you want into Dodger Stadium, like picnic at Dodger Stadium, right, as long okay. as it's packaged. Um, so, like we, I mean, you don't need to bring in like Vaughn's food, but like you can go to. We usually go to like the like a Chinese barbecue spot, order a bunch of Chinese barbecue, and bring it in, in like plastic containers. Okay, my buddy orders a thing of noodles. And we'll oh. take uh, the little flasks, like of Jameson or okay. something, and he'll just shove it in the noodles. We'll just shove it in the food. We'll have like a big, like a big dish of fried rice, and just shove stuff inside of it, like so shove bottles of alcohol in there, and then we send it through security. It out and it's all disgusting and <laughs> saucy. Send and it through security, and people are like. Ah, it's just some Chinese food, right? But it weighs like you know, it weighs it's a heavy lot. As fuck. They're like, wow, this is some heavy <laughs> and then food. And we we'll get to our seat, and this fool just like dig out a fucking bottle of alcohol, which is just one shot, right? Yeah, no, it's the like he'll bring in the like it's the step below a fifth. Oh, so like the so flask, it's really heavy. Yeah, but we'll bring like a couple of those into Dodger Stadium because wow. you're like, dude, beer at Dodger Stadium. Dude, it's like 25 bucks for a small beer. Yeah, it's so we're crazy. Like, fuck buying the beer. We'll just buy, we'll just drink water, bring our water bottles in and then we just have. Now, do they check water bottles? Uh, they have to be empty, but you can bring oh. in sealed bottles of soda. The other thing we'll do is there's a Korean alcohol called um, makgeolli. That's like a fermented rice alcohol, okay. but it looks milky. So it and looks it's like it's just a creamy drink. Effervescent. Yeah. Well, all the label is, it's all in Korean. and But it's a full-blown, it's a bottle of alcohol. We won't even side that at anything. So you're just, just hoping that uh, the the guy who is not Korean, who's, doesn't running, know what who's it is. running the, the but door. But you know what? Even if he was, he'd probably just pound us. Yeah, like, he'd I got like, you guys. You got it. No, worries. no you guys, worries. You guys went to this length. You deserve a buzz. Oh, absolutely. No one else knows what it is. You just walk right in. 
So we just, that's my two, that's my two things is bring in Korean mock, bring in mockley. They will have no idea what it is, or you just got to hide your alcohol in food. I went on a cruise once when I was 21 or 20 or 21. And you're not allowed to bring booze on a cruise, right? Because they obviously, that's how they make all their money, yeah. right? It's, it's super cheap to go on a cruise generally. It's like a couple hundred bucks almost. But they Free just, food. Free food, but it's like really expensive alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like six beers by the pool is like $120. You know what I mean? It's just stupid. So, of course, us being broke college kids, like we went full-blown 007. Because they obviously know people are trying to sneak, especially like, oh, if there's here comes 10 college kids. They have booze. They have booze. But we went like 007. We like cut the lining of our luggage filled it up and like put bottles and like different skinny flasks and stuff in the lining and then like reattached the lining so that it was just like you, you open, open it up and there's like, nothing oh in it God, but it's like, like a 70 pound <laughs> bag with just like 10 pieces like 10 pieces of clothes I'm like wow this guy has some heavy You're leather like the in here. lid of this <laughs> this is industrial <laughs> but like we did it and we got in and it was awesome because you just go to the room and just pound and then you'd go to like the pool and order like five beers for like the day yeah you know you're just sipping the beers so it was like a way to do it but it's just so funny how like how was the cruise i've always been terrified of going on a cruise uh, a cruise is i mean this is my, my personal opinion on a cruise is it's definitely like one of the lower end experiences of of it vacation because you you know what okay this is the best thing i would describe it as well and listen I know there's very high-end cruises out there. So I'm sure like there's the Diamond Star Cruise that is like unreal. You know, the, the top, top, you know, top level chefs and the food. You know, I'm sure they're like cool real, real, we did Get it, get it. There's like a little bug in here. Yeah, e- epic stuff, right? The shows are amazing. They hire like top tier bands to come play, you know, all that stuff. This was not that cruise. <laughs> this was like... Carnival. Th- yeah, right? it was like Norwegian. And it was just like... It was the cheapest one we could find, and it was just exactly what you thought it was. It's like a water park that like travels on water. Was it sick though? Uh, I mean, it was sick because it was a thing to do when you're broke in twenty. Where'd you go? But it was not sick in that like if I was over the age of twenty one and like in like in a relationship where I was like, let's go on a cruise together, it would have been shit. <laughs> so it was just that like we're all getting fucked up and we're going somewhere. That was what it was fun. But like the actual amenities and experience was absolute garbage. Dude, so we went down to Mexico. So we went to Puerto Vallarta. Oh. And so that was cool. We would like stop off for the day and then like party party there. So that was really fun. But the actual when I when looking back on just like what it was like, it was like, yeah, it was a cafeteria with like a little water park and like a weird entertainment. Like, it wasn't nice at all. It was like, you know. Do you think, are you allowed to watch Titanic on a cruise ship? So does that, does that freak you out? Is yeah, like the being thousand, on the water? Dude, uh, going over bridges, I have like hyper anxiety oh, going over a bridge. Any, any situation in which I am in, co- the, the total control. Is gone. Oh, uh, it's just, I'm surrendering to whatever happens. Like you can't do anything if the, if a big storm comes, you're can't done. can't do nothing. You know what? That, I didn't think about it at the time just because you're like young that. and dumb and drunk, but like now thinking about a massive cruise ship and being like out at sea like hundreds of miles like at the whim of just mother nature is a pretty radical experience absolutely but like the idea of you're not watching weather patterns you're not even in your own boat sailing or something it's like you're just like i hope the captain doesn't run us aground somewhere or whatever like the idea of me being on like a crabbing boat when they're like in those crazy things if it's if it's like 15 people Less I'm scary. Like, whatever. It's the fact that you'd have to be competing yeah. with however many people Thousands. to get out. Thousands of people. That's what freaks me out. And people Crowd are panicking. chaos. People Dude, are in panicking. a small corridor. 
I'm like, hell Everyone's no. running for the boats. Dude, that's it's something I always, I'm always happy to sit in the exit aisle on an airplane because I'm like, I'm first in line. <laughs> right. I'm the first person out there. I'm going to open that door. I'm first out. Fuck all you guys. You know I'm f- going. Yeah. With my carry-on. With my carry-on. Because <laughs> it's, it's a nice one and I just got it. I just got it. Okay, broads, interrupting the bros. Listen, who doesn't want a personal chef preparing their meals day in and day out? No one, literally no one could convince me they wouldn't want that or love that, okay? However, personal chefs are for people outside of our tax bracket, okay? (laughs) But that doesn't mean I can't eat like I have a personal chef. Call it a life hack, but I've been ordering my meals from Factor, and it's basically like having someone in-house cooking healthy meals for me every day. I mean, it's it's basically the same thing, right? Factor makes it super easy to eat clean 24-7 with fresh and never frozen prepared meals that are so delicious. It's hard to believe they're actually good for you. Factor works with a team of expert chefs. So the meals they deliver you are delicious and healthy. No compromises here. And when you use Factor, the meals are delivered right to your doorstep and are ready to eat in just two minutes. It doesn't get much better than that. There are more than 29 meal options offered each week, which means you'll always find something you like. And if you follow a specific diet plan, Factor has you covered. Uh, They offer vegan, vegetarian options, keto meals, even cold pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, veggie sides to add to your fridge. So you have extra fuel for when you need it throughout the week. Factor lets you eliminate grocery shopping, meal prepping, and the pile of dirty dishes that always comes with cooking. We told you, broads, it's basically like having your own little personal chef. Head to go.factor75.com slash chatty120 to get $120 off. That's code chatty120 at go.factor75.com. Listen, over here, we love clean beauty. But look, I'm not going to lie to you broads because we're all friends. It can be hard to find clean makeup products that actually work like they say they're going to. It's just a fact. I've tried a lot of products that either don't last or they have like zero pigment when you put them on. But buckle up broads because we found a good one. And that is Thrive Cosmetics. She's not kidding. We're obsessed. Thrive Cosmetics has it all. All the products are paraben and sulfate free, vegan and cruelty free, and they actually work. We're both freaking out about their liquid lash extensions mascara. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's actually the best selling product. It's got over 20,000 five star reviews. My eyelashes have never looked better. Seriously, it lasts all day, no clumping or smudging or flaking. And it's working double time because not only does it make your eyelashes look incredible, it's created with nourishing ingredients that actually support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. I love that product. Uh, but that's not all that we love about Thrive Cosmetics. Oh, no. They have so many other amazing products. And on top of that, they go the extra mile with their Bigger Than Beauty initiative, which means for every product purchase, uh, Thrive Cosmetics donates to charity organizations that help women thrive. They support so many amazing causes from helping women emerging from being unhoused to fighting cancer and so many more. Mm-hmm. Now is the time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash chatty. That's Thrive Cosmetics. Thrive C-A-U U-S-E, like a good cause, that kind of cause. C-A-U-S-E, medics, M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash chatty for 15% off your first order. Uh, yeah. With the plane, I do full surrender. You just let it go. I let it go. I, I'm, I'm like, dude, if yeah, there's, there's, if this thing's going down, like it's, we're done. So there is, there is no like, I'm going to think about a strategy and how to, no. I, that's the only place in my life where I just go full surrender. Whatever happens, happens. I might as well just try to get it out of my mind. Do you medicate before you go on a plane? 
Do you have to relax? No. Take pills or I've anything? I've always been a pretty good flyer. It never really bothered me. Like every once in a while, I have like an existential moment where like, oh my God, I'm 30,000 feet <laughs> up. And the only thing separating me from imminent death is a tiny little piece of glass. And the wi- the wings just go like this. And you're like, all it takes is a weird gust. And we're, but then, you know, I calm back down, but I very much sympathize with people who like are absolute terrified of flying because it is the most insane thing when you think about it. Dude, we're I, on a jet missile. 30,000 feet up in the air. Like Dude, it's, I, it's insane. I always think of um, David Bowie, the astronaut song when he's like, Oh, I'm just floating in a tin can. I don't know that one. Oh, dude, Major Tom. Oh, that's Major Tom. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's a moment where he's like, I'm just floating in a tin can far above the sea. Like, just like, this is nothing insane. I can do. Especially like in the 70s, it was even worse. Dude, and I, was, <laughs> I think about that where I'm like, we're just literally hurtling at like hundreds of miles an hour in literally a tin can made of like tin, like aluminum and styrofoam. Yeah, and they've jammed us on to make profit. So it's not even like maximum safety meets maximum comfort. It's like, can we get rid of a third of an inch to fit one more seat on this thing? Dude, and when my brother was as a was an airplane mechanic and he would talk to me about that stuff of like there's one of the crazy advices that they gave when he was going through school was never to write your name on your tools, which is sort of counterintuitive because the tools are like super specific and oddly expensive, like some of them. Uh, airplane so like, tools. Yeah, so Got you don't it. want to lose it, but they were going if you fuck up and leave your tool which has happened. Oh, you're responsible. You're accountable. So they that were like, never, you never want to be accountable. Yeah. And they were and like, like, never wait, write your name on your tools. Never mark them in any distinct way. Leave them like ridiculously generic. So no one is like, I don't know. I don't know who yeah. it was. I don't know who didn't tighten that lug nut. And now the fucking wheel fell off while the plane was trying to land. I don't know. Yeah. You know, you know, it doesn't psych <sighs> me up to like, no, go on a plane. Well, there's, and that's the thing too, is there's so many, uh, miscellaneous pieces that put a plane together like and all it takes is one thing to go wrong and it's all over i think what freaks me out um is i like to think of this plane as like this massive thing right that like is immovable and that like it doesn't matter what you do inside it just is immovable object but then i think about the fact that like they'll make adjustments to the weight of the plane if like uh, too many people are on one side or doing you know what i mean they go like so the fact that it's sensitive enough to like have problems due to like too many people in one like you know what i'm saying like i want i tend to kind of in my brain of like intentionally be ignorant thinking oh it doesn't matter what we do in here like this is such an immovable object but the fact that like hey we gotta can we move like three more people over here because it's a little it's like oh what are we on a what are we on like a raft like dude it's insane becca upgraded us we were flying to oregon to visit my friend and she upgraded us to first class oh because the flight was like 75 dollars so it was like 150 bucks to, to go first, first class, class. So it's like, we were like let's try it out. let's go first class it's like an even hour though, even though that first class change is basically like <clears throat> you get an extra croissant <laughs> it was a sick seat we had was these it? big ass oh, seats that's nice i feel like with the small short flights it's usually just kind of like i always look at first class and i go like i don't know I mean, it was tight but it was I mean, nice it was like, okay dude, it was reasonable it wasn't like oh, i was paying good. thousands of dollars versus hundreds of dollars yeah. it was like i was paying 150 bucks opposed to under a hundred dollars okay yeah so like cool that's super nice what was wild was landing because we were all the way up at the front of the plane and the plane oh, lands tail first and then the nose push. comes down. I've always been in the middle or I'm oddly always towards the back, like by the bathrooms or some yeah. shit. So I'm always like one of the, one of the first people. So it's to probably touch the ground. smoothest dude. But it was like, 
you're up here you're like oh we're landing and then it literally goes vroom, and the thing comes down and i was like whoa like that yeah, was you felt new. it the most i was like this is cool there's kind of like a little ride at oh, the end that's fun like, that's fun i've well, never sat like, at the front of the plane before so i was like this is exciting this is what the pilots experience i have only flown first class i've only flying flown once or twice with it and it's definitely like oh got it <laughs> you know what i mean it's like i see i see you rich people are definitely killing it <laughs> yeah also though it's like you have to think like they don't that cost of the plane is like whatever Oh yeah, yeah. It's not like deal. you shouldn't. You're not going to enjoy first class. If no. You're like sweating it's about how much be you did like, to fly first matter. class. It's got to be. It doesn't matter. Most but then of the it doesn't time, matter. But most of the time, a lot of those half the people, more than half the people in first class, are business people who fly so much. They don't. That it's like they don't. Even they don't care. even pay for the plane ticket. They're right. just getting upgraded automatically because their miles are so out of control, and they get like added on these lists. Like it's one of the interesting things looking at COVID effects on businesses. Like the airplane industry was largely, you think like, oh, I only fly because I'm visiting my family somewhere. Most of it was like business. business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people don't really business fly that much flights. if it's for, if it's for vacations, like once a year, twice a year. Oh my God. I can't imagine like what the board of American Airlines thinks of Zoom. <laughs> yeah. They're probably like fucking Zoom. Yeah. Zoom ruined it. <laughs> War on Zoom. Oh man. <laughs> Like um, how many boys has one guy just ranting and they'd be like, yeah, but fucking Zoom. And meanwhile, he, meanwhile he's on now. Zoom. Meanwhile, yeah, they're he's having talking, the meeting. Yeah, they're yeah. having the board meeting on Zoom. <laughs> Except not. It'd be like Microsoft, whatever Microsoft's version is, or like Google, Google Meet. They'd be using Google Meet. They boycott Zoom. Speaking of meetings, broads, when was the last time you had a meeting that was necessary? That couldn't have been resolved in a quick email and or a quick conversation on the phone. I feel like 98% of meetings are just like an excuse to like kill time. I like meetings in general are just like, yo, someone could have put this in an email. And we all could have, we all could have like listened to it or looked, you know, looked at it and been like, cool, sounds good. And then the two people that it referred to could have just been like, oh, actually it's 9 PM. And they're like, cool. Yeah, actually that makes sense. Good idea. Cool. Whereas in most meetings are just like you're sitting in there for hours and they're just talking about some shit that you finally get to something you have to think about and they go, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, okay, man, yeah. And then it's just over and you're like, that was two hours and I think about 13 seconds of it was revolved around me. I enjoy, so I organize a handful of meetings because I have like a team, I have employees and I love meetings for the simple fact of like group accountability. Whereas like if I tell people like, hey, like, this very simple task needs to be done. If I send it as like a general message into like the work Slack channel, it's like everyone's supposed to see that. Right. You assume that they saw it, but there's not like the eye to eye check-in with everybody at the same time. And I, I'll always bring that up in my meetings and I'll be like, so you guys like, so now that we've all talked about it, everyone understands what we're doing, right? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we get it. Like it's super simple. And I'm like, cool. So if any of you don't do that, like if any of you don't do that super simple task that we're having a meeting of because it wasn't being done. So now at this point, if it's not going to be done again, we have a serious conversation. Yeah. And that's like the thing where I'm like, I like having everyone, everyone forced into a situation where they all have to admit that they're all on the same page. And at that point, See, I thought you were going to say something like, it's, I like it for team building. You know, no, you're dude. like, no, I'm trying to... I'm I like team building. I like dictator. having a positive... Look, I like having a positive team morale. But the thing is, like, when everything's going smooth, there's no reason to have a boss. It's when everything's going negative and someone has to come in and be like, guys, we have to organize this. 
we all have to do our thing. We all have to pull our weight. It's easy to get comfortable. It's fun to have fun. I don't care if you guys are having fun. But I technically, don't care you could have relaxed. written an email that just said, hey, guys, love you all. You all are killing it. But these things, you, I guess, have not been cleaning the whatever, whatever. And if it doesn't happen, um, <clears throat> we're going to have we're going to have to talk. You know what you could see? Like, if it doesn't happen, I'm going to have to start uh, pulling you guys off the side for a while. I'm going to start pulling shifts, whatever think it about is. When you were, think about when you worked like a job like that. Like, you know, I've, I'm I'm probably a terrible boss because I'm so mellow on like, at least I think I am in some ways where I'm like, I don't, I'll literally tell them, I'm like, I don't care if you do your homework on your shift as long as everything else is being done. And that if I come out right, and see right. you doing your homework and I don't see a single thing that could be done as opposed to you sure, getting paid sure. to do your homework, sure, 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 sure. we've got issues. But sure. if you're on top of everything, if you're doing it and whatever. And you got 15 minutes to kill like, and you need to send a couple care. emails. Right, I don't right. care if it's an hour. As long as it looks fantastic and everyone's happy and right. everyone feels we're, like it's like we're treating each other as adults. You stand up when someone walks inside. No, but what I'm saying is, but them. we're getting back to the point though of like a meeting. Yeah. Like I understand all the uh, intricacies of what you go through, but it still could be resolved with a text or a call. Like if you're like this, let's say, let's say you got more. What I'm getting to the point of is like of all the things I've worked in and all the businesses and all the different clients, everything. Every meeting I've ever had, I, I can I can almost say without like very slight, maybe maybe two percent of meetings were meaningful. Every other meeting is like there's too many people in the meeting. Yeah. Because most people don't need to hear this. It's like two people need to hear this. So instead of just a quick call, right, we're all hearing what what Joe should be hearing because he fucked up. You know what I mean? It's like whatever it is. But it's like I prefer to just be like, oh, that person's messy. I'm just going to call them and be like, hey, the other day I noticed this. Can you please fix that? Cool. We're done. But people, I think, have meetings because they like it feels official. It is. But I don't think the empl- I don't think as an employee at some point, I, I think it's a, I think the I think it means so much more to the owner than it does the employees. I think employees dread it and they turn their brain off when they oh, go. Oh, they totally do. <laughs> except, except when you're like, so. And if you don't. You're going to get fired. Right, right, right. To be like, oh, if this is so stupid and a pointless waste of time, don't fuck it up again or you're going to get fired. Cool. Great meeting, you guys. I want to hear from the broads. I want to hear from the broads. Those of you who are owners versus those of you who are employees. Uh, what your experience is with meetings. Do you like meetings? Do you enjoy meetings? Or are you like, oh my God, if I get called into another meeting that could be resolved by an email? like, You know what the hardest, the hardest thing I have as a boss is? Hmm. Having a quality team of employees that i wish i could pay more that's tough that's the hardest is when you're like fuck dude like also when you realize you have someone when you're like dude holy fuck like this person's incredible and i'm gonna lose them if once they, fig- once they figure out what they're worth one thousand percent i'm gonna lose them and right. i'm like dude like some of these people are like backbone players where i'm like right. i don't know what i do i don't know what yeah. i do if you left uh you know but you, we're limited so you're i can just give like, you a tip um show them obvious favor in front of everyone else mm. so that they feel better than everyone else and they feel like they could, they should stay, you know? I like And then the other people feel jealous, you know? I like a competitive atmosphere. <laughs> Play favorites. Oh, man. Um, anyway, I mean, what an epic rant about uh, airlines and uh, meetings. Yeah. But, uh, well, uh, interesting on meetings, I met someone new, but old. I did a... Inspired by Jess, Beck oh, and I did our past life regression yes. therapy session, and I met old versions of myself. Wow, how was it? Traumatic. 
Was it? Yeah. It was very odd. The first one was not traumatic. It was very tranquil. I found out that I'm a very old earth being, apparently, oh. according to the... According to the did you do it with the Past person life. jested or a different yes, person? Yes, I think okay. the same person, Got the Australian it. woman. Yeah, I don't know. I was really confused on because we were talking about time and I was like, what time is it where you're at? She's like, well, I'm just in Westminster. And I was like, okay, like what time is it over there? She's like Westminster Abbey. She, yeah, she, no, she was like, no, like down the street from you guys. She's like, it's the same time. <laughs> <laughs> she, but, uh, she's just like, like she's like, you just assume she still lived in Australia. You're like, what's like, it what like in tomorrow? <laughs> Literally. And I she's like, like, it's four PM on a Wednesday. Just like it is for she, you. It took like three times. She goes, No, it's also <laughs> seven o'clock where I am. And I was and like, You're like, whoa, man, are you like, surfing? I know, like, are you surfing right now? Seven AM in the morning. I was like, it's so crazy. She's like, Westminster. You're like, oh, I've never heard of that. Um so yeah, but so anyway, I had the um uh I'll just go the yeah, the first one was whatever, we'll just skip it. But it's not, I was very old. <laughs> Didn't matter. I was very old. The the landscape reminded me of the Pacific Northwest. Okay, so but yeah. But this was like it felt very old, but it was very peaceful. Like I had a very comfortable, happy life just doing, you know, living amongst the trees. Got doing, it. And by the ocean and you know, that was very cool. It was very serene. Fishing, whatever. Yeah. And then the next one, dude, this was crazy. Was I was like, I don't know if, I, if I'm on this state. I don't know if I'm in this subconscious trance mode where my subconscious yeah. is making these decisions and these images. And like, then I'm describing these images that my subconscious is pulling up. But then she'd go, okay, we're going to leave this life. And we're going to go to the next one. And my body, she did it like three times. Each time she said that, my body would go like this. Whoa. And I would just all of a sudden have like this violent. Are you like, hypnotized? Kind of? It's you going. It's like a weird middle ground. It's not like hypnotized, but you're in like a, you're conscious, but you're in like this wild, like pseudo dream state where like I'm hearing the questions she's asking me and I'm answering her questions. Like I'm lucid in that way, but I'm also like, I'm not like awake. Oh. Like I don't want to open my you're eyes. Like I'm stuck. I'm just yeah, in this thing where like I'm aware, but I'm not like. I'm not here. Is it something? Way. I was curious about this. Is it, it very something trippy. that like if you heard Ruth screaming in the next room that would jerk you out of it? It would be like, what the fuck? Like, why is that? Why is that happening? Oh, like, okay. But you could maybe and still then I'd stay be like, there. I have to. Yeah. I mean, it would fully pull me out. But I'd have to like get re-immersed. Which is like hard probably. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, continue. it feels Sorry. like once you pull out, that's it. Yeah. So you you're in this it. for a little bit. But. Um, so anyway, I was like having these like body twitches when she's like, we're going to leave that, that we're going to leave that life. And I'd be like, okay. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, <clears throat> and I'd be like, what the fuck? And she'd be like, we're going to go to this new one. And I'd feel myself like, <laughs> like go through something and all these images would flash across my face. Like I just start seeing, and I'd be like, oh my God, like there's a horse, there's this woman, there's all this stuff. In the second, in the second past life, I was a woman and I was fleeing my village that had been like or like you know my home that had been like attacked and like brutal violence had occurred and when i and the first images i saw was like a dead tr a horse it was a horse and a dead tree and then this woman's face looking back at me like like kind but there was like this kind resolute like resolve where it was like looking at someone younger being like we're doing this because we have to do this but like it's going to be okay in this way. And we were like crossing this desert. Mm. And she was like, why are you, why are you crossing the desert? And I was like, it feels like we have to. 
It feels like we have to be crossing the desert. And she's like, are you leaving like your home? Like, does your, can you remember your home? And all of a sudden she said that. And it was like this well of like deep emotion pulled up. And I literally just started like instantly, like my nose flared up and my eyes just teared up. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, everyone's dead. And you're not a crier. No. At all. And I was like, dude, and it just like came up and I was like, holy shit. Like, oh my gosh. I was like, it's like super violent trauma from like home. I was like, it's like raised to the ground basically. And I was like, that we're looking for like a new place. And that's this resolve looking back at this person. And then um, I died in childbirth. Whoa. That was my thing. And then that was like, basically I came out of it and she was telling me that I was going to have like these spirits, like spirits who like live like around you and help guide your soul, like through your past lives were there with me. And we were like, she was like, okay, spirits, like, is there anything else that this person like needs whatever? And it was like, I don't know. Like they're silent. There's nothing else. That was like, whatever, whatever's going on subconsciously, there's like a lot wrapped up in just like this extreme traumatic life that this woman had that I had as a woman in, you know, however many lifetimes ago. Whoa. If you, you know, if you, if I, if I want to fully invest, like if I want to fully invest in that and be like, Oh yeah, yeah. Like, no, it's real. That's like, that's what came up was like, what? dude, it was fucking crazy. That is so wild. It was so vivid. What was, was so yeah. weird was like the image. The, um, what was really weird was the emotional response to not being like, cause before I was like, I'm seeing these things. Like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden when she asked me about that, I was just instantly like, I'm crying. Um, Why is that like, and I was like, that felt, it felt so real and like true mm. in this strange way. And I was like very shook by it. Mm. I was like, this is not, this is not okay. That this is like, you know, and then she was telling me like two guys out of a hundred will identify as a woman in their past life. Oh, so it's rare. It's extremely rare. I'm extremely special. Yeah, I was going to say, like, wow. And I wanted, you know, I wanted to share that moment with the broads because I've been recently in the last 48 hours, I felt very in touch with my feminine side. I love that. Yeah. So when you walk away from this experience, what is kind of the goal? Well, she asks you stuff in the beginning of like, what are things you wish were like different or like, what are things that you were aware like about yourself that hold you back? Mm. What are like sort of, not like flaws, but things where you're like, well, like I'm afraid of commitment. Sure. Got or it, like right. I find myself being angry all the time or like, these are just examples by right. the way, or just being like, no, this is what you struggle with. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. leaking it. Um, <laughs> things of like, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, um, being right, okay, like, so, oh, so like there could be very specific phobias. So it's, ans- like, so you're looking for answers to questions you have in your life. Well, it could be like, I'm extremely afraid. Yourself. I'm extremely afraid of the dark or like, <clears throat> I'm very afraid of heights or I'm afraid of spiders. The phobias was like a big one because in her mind, then it would be like, Oh, well maybe you had a past life where you like got bitten by a snake and sure. then died. And so now you're horribly afraid of snakes. Right. Right. Or, you know, you were locked in a, in a, you know, you were locked in a dark cellar and never saw the light of day. And so wow. whenever it's pitch black, you go into like a full blown panic attack. Like fascinating, you know, stuff like that. That it's like, okay, maybe there's an answer to that because you have this, like you're suffering from trauma from your past life, from this experience that's never been dealt with. Wow. So, hmm. and that's when I was like, when she was talking about that, I was like, whatever, dude. I was like, I'm just, you know, let's just see what happens. Right. And yeah, you were like very, probably very skeptical of like, 
Yeah, I was not yeah. expecting what I was like not expecting to. So therefore, it was probably pretty powerful because you weren't experience. expecting it. You know, it would kind of double yeah, as intense. And also, like as opposed to like said, really wanting it, you know, it could probably well, let you this down. Was maybe what was weird was she was like, "Are you very emotional normally?" And I was like, "No, it's not like I don't experience emotion, but I'm always like, why are you? Why are you crying? You're kind of like, what is crying going to do? Did you tell her that you don't experience human emotion? Did you? Yeah, tell her I that? did. I told her I'm removed. I'm isolated. <laughs> I'm like, I'm numb. Like, I'm numb to all this, dude. She was also like, when we were talking about that, she's like look, like if you're willing to embrace it, like this was like a very real past life. Yeah, right. She was like someone who had gone through that would yeah. have very little patience oh. for people who are like overly emotional about certain things. Okay, broads, interrupting the bros one more time. Listen, 2022 is the year of trying new things for me anyway. <laughs> I'm extending that to all the way down to how I move my body every day. I want to push myself to try f- new forms of exercise that I've never tried before, like you know that I've been doing. Um, and in between those, let me tell you, I have been loving my Peloton app lately for that exact reason. There are so many new options and varieties of workouts I've never tried. It makes the workout super exciting each time. And while I may not know what I'm doing some of the time, I'm never ever bored and honestly have been looking forward to working out each day. That's one of my favorite things. I never feel bored with this app. Peloton offers the biggest range of classes. It's got boxing, bar, boot camp, running, biking, yoga, meditation, strength, just to name a few. It's so much easier to stick to your goals and stay motivated when you have variety in your workout. And by far, my favorite feature about the Peloton app is you can get into a workout no matter how much time you have. There are so many days where I've got 15 minutes, even 10 minutes to get something in before one of my kids wakes up from their nap. Um, Or maybe I only have a maybe I have a whole hour of me time after they go to bed and I want to move my body a bit longer. Whatever time frame you're working with, Peloton has tons of options for you. I have literally done their 10 minute arm workout like while the kids are eating breakfast and I'm just standing there like doing my little just crushing it just with my little three pound weights. Just crushing it. I suggest the art series by the way when you're really feeling like you need an extra push if you close your eyes mid-workout it's almost like you're at the concert almost okay fine it's not exactly like that but it's a nice distraction and always a good one my first ever artist series class was Beyonce so you know I was hooked from the get visit onepeloton.com to learn more today that's o-n-e-p-e-l-o-t-o-n.com onepeloton.com is that what you walked away with I don't know did you walk away with like more of like yeah, what did you walk away with? I'm not going to try to... I don't know. I'm still like kind of processing you're just, you're just through like... I, I don't that. even know if I'm like, oh, it's real. It's not. I'm just sort of like... The thing that's really sticking with me is like, why was that this huge upsurge of like emotion? Where did that yeah. come from? Because I have those feelings when I'm like thinking... Like what, what I most have those feelings about is like my kids will be in this wonderful state for like four years. I see this on Instagram. This thing comes up on Instagram all the time of like this rehashing of this thing of like, your children will only be like this for maybe four years. Yeah, right. Before you know it, it's gone. And like that shit will hit me where I'm like, I ah, dude, that it's true. Like we were talking about their toddler bodies. How like toddlers have these gigantic heads that are disproportionate to their body. And as your kid starts to grow more, they become more proportional. And when that happens, you realize that they're into like a child. They look like a, they look kid. like mini adults instead. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Fuck, dude, Ruth is like that right now." And I was like, "That shit will make me cry." She's starting to slowly transform. That will that will hit me. But it's like just that, mm. just that. I'll cry about my kids all the time, but I'm like, that makes sense. But like other stuff, family, like death in my family, family trauma, all that stuff. I'm like, no, mm. you just deal with it. It's just mm. life. Like that's gonna happen. 
Mm. Like that stuff happens and you just kind of like, yeah, it's sad. I recognize it's sad, but it's like, we all knew something was coming. Mm. We all knew it, you know, in this way where I'm like, yes, like we can all talk about it, but I'm not like, I'm like, I was very, very close with my grandfather. When he died, I never cried. It wasn't like I was not, it was like, I wasn't sad or like I was like trying to avoid it. It was more so just like, I don't know. My, I remember my brother was crying like crazy at his funeral. My cousin turned around and literally said, I started, we started laughing so hard in the funeral because my cousin turned around and said, cry me a river, build me a bridge and get over it <laughs> to my brother. And I just like, I was like, I have to leave. That's pretty dark. I was like, this is so out of place. And right. I was like, but it's also, I was like kind of vibing with him on that. Got it. Cause he was like, there wasn't that many people like that like yeah. there weren't that many people showing that much emotion and my cousin was just like button it up fucking get it together abel like what are you doing mm. sounds like it your cousin really... has some suppressed uh I don't, we're not gonna go too deep into my to family maybe, like expose we're not gonna, gonna go really too going deep into it but basically <laughs> it was like yeah. when we started talking about that that's what she was like telling me it was like that might be something like your disposition towards that could be ascribed to past life trauma, mm. which is like, I don't know. I mean, in all these things, it was so funny. I was like talking to my mom about it because my mom had done past life regression. And when Becca posted about it, my mom hit her up and was like, I was a World War I fighter pilot. And she goes, and I took my plane down. My mom, my mom claims that she crashed her plane in World War I to her death to save other people's lives. Mm. And she goes, and I was a man, a handsome man too. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like an ugly man. No, she was like, <laughs> and I was a man. I was a, a very hideous, handsome, a she's hideous like, man. <laughs> I was. A, she was like, I was a very handsome pilot. It's like, did you, mom, over, did you just watch flying Pearl over Harbor? London? <laughs> she was like I think in she the had air scene, Pearl Harbor. <laughs> she was. That's World War Two. But she oh, was sorry. like, <laughs> she was flying over London, dogfighting. You know, she's in like the dogfights. <laughs> fighting the red baron <laughs> over london and she crashed her plane to save other people's lives i guess and then you know she notably she was handsome but it's like i don't i don't know it's like kind of uh hey. i'm interested in broad sending in their past life regression yeah. stories if they've done it i find it crazy interesting at this point and be like you know not only if you did it but like like my mom we were talking about she's like i've never forgotten it she's like i don't know what it means for me now but she's like it's vivid yeah she's like it's super vivid and what's weird is once you do it i don't think you could ever forget it sure it like that's a amazing. memory to me now uh, like yeah. the experience is the experience but what i like what i emotionally went through is like that is like it feels very real to me which is very odd because i'm like i don't really know what to make of it yeah but that emotional response wasn't made up mm. And especially because like you said, like, I don't have that. It's not like I'm overtaken suddenly with like sure. grief all of a sudden. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. It was odd. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Well, I'm glad you get to experience that though. It's probably going to help maybe open up some other sides that are maybe closed off for you. Maybe or... I'll just, maybe if an uncomfortable topic gets brought up in couples therapy, I'll just shift over to that. Yeah. And I'll talk about how, you know, we'll talk more about my feminine side. I love that. Yeah. It's a way so to kind of like, yeah, like, like distract from maybe some issues that are going on. You just go, well, actually, and then you could just dive actually, into the woman what you in just me. dove into. Um, man, well, that is, sounds traumatic and basically yeah, kind sorry, of a good sorry way Sorry to though. bring that. Sorry to bring all that. I hope we find the light side of it. Well, it doesn't always have to be light. I'm cool with the heavy side, okay. but I mean, I think it's, 
good that you're exploring yourself, right? It's good that you're like diving in. Cause I know you were saying that I don't need therapy, but maybe this is like uh, an entry into like some opening up of yourself, some things you're going through that maybe through traditional therapy, you normally wouldn't keep, let your walls down for. So maybe this is a back door. Well, we're having, I mean, I think it's a good, when you have a good, like our couples therapist is surprisingly like, I'm like, wow, this dude's actually, this is pretty cool. Yeah, that's good. We're doing some good, you know, some good shit, but it is, you know, what I want to say is we had weeks and weeks and weeks ago before you had started your therapy, mm-hmm. we talked about us becoming more open to doing these things we normally wouldn't do. Yeah. We normally just laugh at that. Be like, yeah. that's hilarious that someone's fucking doing that. And like, right. that they're going to close. The, yeah. We're, we're more whatever. And now we're having, you know, we're both going, we're both trying to go out of our way to be more open to these spiritual mm. experiences. Sure. Sure. I think I think it's a beautiful thing. It is. I think it's good. It's more. I tell you what. It's more interesting than seeing whatever the fuck's on Netflix. It is. I mean, Netflix does bang pretty hard Man, up sometimes. You know what I mean? Netflix but, fucks. But I know what you're trying to say, and I do agree. Mm-hmm. I do agree. It's a beautiful thing. Speaking of beautiful thing, um, we're gonna we're gonna go over uh, some relationship because we know we, like we always. No, we don't always. Speaking of couples therapy, relationship advice. Exactly. But we, a lot of times what happens with these situations is that like you guys send in so many amazing questions for relationship advice and we only get to like four of them. Yeah. So we'll get like, we'll get like a hundred and we'll do four. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, all right, cool. On, you know, onto the next idea or whatever. And we're like, there's still 80 questions in there that we never got to. So we were thinking because this weekend we got our exclusive broads and bros finale show for y'all. Where we get where, where you guys finally get the broads view on what is going on with which is the most insane finale ever, basically. So we thought we'd get into some relationship advice for a few and uh, basically just bring our now super open delicious minds that are just absolutely refined and in nirvana to you because everything we now we get it now because we've we know we've done a couple sessions of things and so now we understand all so now you can listen to every single word we're quick learners evan and i are (laughs) something that we have in common is when we go to see you know experts they're always like amazed by our ability to receive the information and knowledge what happens to us is that we end up being the therapist for the therapist pretty much you know they go after one session they're like we have nothing to teach you please teach me and so then we end up doing it it's 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 a burden that we're willing to to carry it is it's it and whatever's happening here with the hands i'm really loving i'm taking it's some just, breath stuff kind of a, i don't know i've never done tai chi but i feel like i'm oh. doing it right now and like it's just natural to me i'm being i'm receiving signals from something else i'm just a puppet right now i'm being controlled by you're a conduit <sighs> all right here's the first one do you ever go through waves of being annoyed or uninterested in your partner? Duh. <laughs> I just was really hoping you'd be like, no, I don't. But I hope you, I wish you the best. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a you problem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. No, I don't, but I can imagine other no. people do. No, my partner's perfect. I mean, obviously annoyed, but uninterested in your partner. That's an interesting one. Uninterested, I think is, is I'll stop at annoyed. Well, un- everyone's annoyed with their partner at some point. Everyone's annoyed yeah. with their friends. Everyone's annoyed with everything. I'm more saying uninterested is a good kind of more intricate uh conversation i would say like if that's from own personal experience when i become like uninterested in everything around me it's because like there is probably like anxiety 
or like some anxious feeling sure. towards some very big thing happening that's like fully distracting me from everything. Like I think un being uninterested, especially in someone you're like close with, or it's more like they're you're very you're turning inward. It's less so of like, why aren't I interested in this person? Yeah. It's more so like you can't you can't stop focusing on this thing. Like it's drawing you inside yourself so that you're yeah. losing touch with the world outside yourself. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, it's like empathy. It's like, why do people, why do people become unempathetic? It's not because people are not hurting. No. It's because you're turning yourself off to the connection. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if you're uninterested with someone, it's, it's it, that you were interested in a week before or two weeks before or whatever. I mean, it could be a mixture of like, you guys are growing in opposite directions. That always is a portion of it. So like, there, that could be a mixture of so you have to take you know you have to look at what's going on in your life so if one person's really growing in one area and one person's declining and you guys are going in opposite directions that always is an option so take you know take that into consideration but a lot of times more what it's about is like i'm being obsessed with something i'm hyper focusing on something i'm being self fish with my time my energy my thoughts i'm not tuning into other people i'm making it about me i'm anxious i'm frustrated whatever and those things are metabolizing into I, are we on the same page anymore you know it's a lot of times it's like you're they're just not meeting your every whim and need and so then you're feeling like we're not on the same page when in reality i think it's like maybe you need to do some work on yourself which will happen yeah oh it, at, the answer is yes I mean, so the answer is what happen. do you do with it I mean, and that's where I think like in all these things, it always comes back to like, what are we going to do with like, what are we going to do about this in a way? But I do think like what we're, I think we, it's very clear. Evan and I agree on like that uninterest is more of like, you need to resolve something inside yourself. Yes. In order to get like back in touch with the world outside of you. I go through it a lot with stress about like my business of like when I can't focus on or think about anything other than that, when it's the first thing I think about when I wake up and it's the last thing I think about when I go to sleep and it takes me away from whatever it is that I'm doing where it's like, I'm not hearing things that are being said to me because I'm so deep in my own thoughts and I'm going a million miles an hour down this like spiral of something I'm not in control over at the moment. Like I can't resolve any of this until tomorrow, but because of that, it's like, I can't stop focusing on it because it's unresolved. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And that's like stuff I'm personally, that's something I've become very self-aware on. Like I'm trying to work on is how do I let go of that to be present for when I'm here for those, you know, for my, for my kids in this very precious window. Yeah. You know, I think with that, I pull myself out of Instagram that reminds me about that. Right. <laughs> I think at the end of the day is it's like the stresses of life are always going to be there. Um, they're always going, there's always going to be something new to stress you out, to, to pull your focus, to make you feel distracted by all these things. I think that people put a lot of pressure on themselves to have genuine interest where I think sometimes you need to fake it till you make it. So I do feel like there's a little bit yeah. of the psychology of, let's say you get home and your partner's saying something that's boring as shit to you. Cause you're thinking about all the things you got to do. You're thinking about whatever, whatever. And they're like, saying something that's just so uninteresting to you, you're feeling this is the third day in a row where they're going on about something that you're just like, I could care less, right? I don't think 
I think sometimes what happens is that you're just in your own self so much that you need to fake like you're interested in. And sometimes it'll kind of allow you to kind of snap out of it. Like even if you just go, oh, I'm not interested in what they're talking about right now. But instead of being like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Go. You know what? No, I'm going to force myself to snap in here. So if they're talking about how crazy it was that the weather or let's say they're talking about politics and you're just like, I don't want to. I'm so over this. First of all, you can tell them, hey, right now is not the time. So don't fake it. So don't, I mean, no, no, sorry, not faking it's okay sometimes because it'll allow you to snap in. But if you're unable to do that, you can also be honest with your partner and say, right now is not the time, but I want to be able to do this later. Either one of those I find to be really effective. What really can create a lot of resentment and kind of uh, annoyance is when you don't do either of those things, but you give half attention and, yeah. you, and you go totally. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, shut the fuck wow, up. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. man. Hope, hopefully they figure it out. Now you resent them for bothering you, but then also they feel like you dissed them. That's so it's so- like either be honest with them and say, Hey, I need 10 and then we can connect or be like, put the phone down and be like, I'm going to give this person respect, even though I'm not finding this super interesting because I would want them to engage with me if I found something interested. I wouldn't want to be played off daps on that sage advice you know what i mean all right i feel like we uh, killed that one no <laughs> absolutely killed it all right next i don't want everyone to hear that question again broads because now you all have the tools yeah <laughs> the perfect answer has been given to you by our mind our, our mind melding grow <laughs> grow now now hey we gave you the seed and no, we, we, we watered it we've sung and we provided the sunshine now <laughs> the let sunshine. photosynthesis happen and just become a beautiful if you don't succeed on it, it's, it's on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, oh, this is good. How do you keep the romance alive after having a kid? Fucking freaky, baby. Get weird, baby. Get super weird. <laughs> um, actually, though, like... Similar to kind of the last question, actually. Yeah, just... Um, Be intentional. That's mm, mine. Yeah. Also, um, this is, I think, like... I strongly recommend finding your voice during sex for that. Start feeling confident in vocalizing what you do and don't like, what you do and don't prefer, what you wish was happening, or what you want this person to do for you, and vice versa. Ask them. Open the doorway to have a conversation about this thing because it's really difficult and really embarrassing and feels extremely vulnerable. But also sex is incredible and awesome. And we're one of two animals on the planet that has sex for pleasure. So you might as well be extracting as much pleasure as possible because we have the other animals, dolphins, just so you know, but we have way more options than a dolphin does. It's true. They're trying to swim around. They're trying to yeah, do it in the I mean, water. they are in like, there's no grab. There's no, it's you know, they can hot. do like three, they can be doing spirals and, and all kinds of strong. stuff. They are, but that would make me kind of dizzy. That's true. Um, but we can dress up. True. We have toys. We have technology. We can bring the tech into the bedroom. And that's some <laughs> AI. See, that's some fucking crazy stuff. But let's address the other side of romance too cuz this I don't think it's just sex too because of the romance side of things is huge too because I think sex is amazing and like but sex is not what like gets you through the hard times I feel like a lot of times. So it's like sex is there's moments where it can help you heal those moments. And I think it's beautiful. But at the same time, there is that whole level added of like the journey of romance, mm-hmm. which is can be a beautiful thing, right? It's like treating each other nice, you know, the doing nice side. things for each other, you know, um, tuning into each other's needs, like um, 
trips, dinners, and it doesn't have to be like money spent. It could just be like intentionality being, I think it's like, it's like I think it's like tuning in. Well, that's you know, it's like, what makes good sex is that you're not thinking about other shit is that you're, you're in the moment completely invested, not thinking about anything else tuned in with your partner. I think the same goes with romance is it's like, be intentional about it. Like book the thing, plan the thing, be around it, you know, have it be a point of focus. Don't let it happen by accident. Don't go, Oh shit. What are we going to do tonight? I don't know. What do you want to eat? It's like, no, if you're wanting to like make the relationship have depth romantically, it's like, you got to go out. You got to think, okay, uh, next Wednesday, I want to plant. I want to think. And then you're going to be able to like really open up. And there's a big thing I'm relating to that is you need to take the attention off you. Yes. And make them the priority. 100%. If you do that during sex, you're going to have a crazy different experience because that's what it really is all about. It's not like about... You know, you might as well just be masturbating if it's about you mm-hmm. and your end result. The cool thing is when you're thinking about their end result and their experience, their level of comfort. And that's when, you know, that's when the magic happens. The magic ha- and that And that's across the board. That's life. I mean, honestly, it's two yeah, people really I mean, caring. Not, it's also not every time. But when you're doing like what you're talking about, when you're creating intentional time, intentional. when you're creating everything that leads up to that, Think, well, that's when the magic happens. Absolutely. That's right? Because it's like, it's like, it's like set, set yourself up for success. So it doesn't mean plan every minute of it, but it's like plan it so that you're creating moments to have spontaneous moments. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like give yourself more opportunities to be in that zone. But you can't expect to like just do the same shit you always do, be frustrated at life, and then all of a sudden like, welcome, we don't have no romance. No, it's like, you won't touch my dick. Just right. come on. But it's like, how come we're not like connected? How she, You know, one partner's going... How come they're not intentional? How come they're not loving on me? One person saying, how, how about I don't have sex? It's like, as opposed to just two people who are like not putting the intentionality, waiting for the other person to do all the work and then saying, why isn't this happening? It's like, you can't, it's just not how it works. You got to be intentional about the whole it's thing. like someone being like, well, that was, was that sick for you? Yeah, exactly. That was sick for me. Was that sick for you? Yeah, it's like, you're not sick. tuned in, baby. Yeah. Okay. Uh... <laughs> A friend sent me dick pics. Should I tell my husband? <laughs> Someone doesn't want to be in the friend zone. Someone's like, you know what? I liked you since junior high. Someone's like, here we go. Friend zone for far too long. Here's a picture of my So a friend God. doesn't mean husband's friend. It means like her friend. Her friend. You know, the classic guy they don't tell you to worry about. He's fu- he's harmless. He's so sweet. Oh my god, he's so nice. Dick pic. Dick pics. Dick pics a wild move, but anyway, um what what do you think? If Becca got a dick pic sent to her from her friend that you would not suspect it from, would you want her to tell you? <clears throat> or does it make things just messy and then she can just handle it and say, "Hey, what the f- don't do this." I'm being torn in um two directions. One is well, mama don't know, don't hurt her. Right. The, um, so I think it's like, is this necessary information? Or will, How it just, often? will it just mess you up for a while for no yeah. reason? Kind of well, thing. it'll make it like, I think, I don't fucking know, dude. I think it would be like, how close is this guy friend to like, it's one thing if they're like people who talk and they have their own independent relationship versus like, if they're over all the time. Mm. No, no, no. 
Because then I'm like, then it's like betrayal. Then it's no, like no, 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 two-faced no. shit. I, I let, for, for the sake of the argument, it says a friend sent me to pick shit. I tell my husband. Let's say it's like, I don't have a relationship with this person. Well, you do say kind of. You do kind of. Friend. I know of them. You know, you met him a couple but times like, at a hey, thing, birthday doing? party. It's a hey, how you doing, friend? Yeah. It's not like a friend of yours. It's a her friend she's had since high school. It's a hey, how you doing, friend to you. But it's not. I would personally be like, if you're going to ha- excuse me, squava juice. If you're going to handle it, like you're going to button this situation up and you're going to put put your blocks and your boundaries in place, don't tell your husband. It's just going to freak him out. Yeah. You don't know what they're going to do. I mean, this is a real wild card to introduce into a situation. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. Well, here, here's my thought on it. I think it all depends on your husband a little bit. Because of this, you got to make sure you set yourself up for success. If your husband's going to freak out no matter what, then I would almost be like, yeah, keep it. But if he's an understanding guy, then it's almost like you want to be blameless in the situation because what you don't want is two years later for him to find out accidentally no. while one of your other friends is drunk and like is talking to your husband. And says, Isn't it crazy that Kevin sent, uh, you know, your wife a dick pic? And you're like, what? Well, then the you answer is, and now it looks like you've been hiding shit. So you got to make you got to well, really no, figure out it, the situation. To me, there. then it becomes, well, what did you do? What did you do when Kevin sent you that dick pic? But even still, it'd be like, oh, I told him to stop. But it's like, it can just make you look like you're hiding stuff. So what I'm I saying is it really be... depends on your relationship with your husband. If he's like someone who can understand, you'd be like, hey, this happened just so you know, I shut it down right away. Blah, blah, blah. I just want to eat it. But, but if you just play it off and run, you got to know and you got to be okay with the fact that it could come out and it could make you look like you are hiding something. I mean, which but you just also, have to be okay with. That's a also, risk you look, take. As adults, that shit is not innocent. Like if you're in high school and someone's like, oh my God, like I've loved you since middle school. And then you're like, well, I don't, the feeling's not mutual. That's a resolvable situation. If someone's been harboring those feelings and then they drop that bomb on you, like in your thirties, you drop the bomb on me. At least I think like this, it's like, well, then what was our entire relationship? Are you just waiting for this opportunity? Well, no, no, it's not about the other person. Wild distrust. No, but it's not about the other person. It's not about the dick pic sender. That's a whole different problem. I'm more just saying, how? Do, what do you do with your significant other on this issue? I think it's just like, holy shit, I just there's got a dick a few, pic from Kevin. What do I do? There's a few perspectives I have is, is it, you know, is it, do you, I is mean, it good? What's your thought on it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you good. like their dick better than right, mine? Right, right. And if you do, then I'm going to go kill this person. If it's not, and we can sit and laugh about how pathetic this display was right. and how, you know, sad their penis is, then <laughs> we're all going to have a good time. We can sit and have a guava cocktail and laugh at their right. pathetic penis uh, picture. Got it. The PPP, baby. The PPP. The, the PPP. That's a different um, kind of PPP than we've all been talking about. This is a good one. How to be less jealous in a long-term relationship. My view on this mm-hmm. is self-work. That's exactly what I was going to say, Evan. Daps. Fist. Sage advice. Next question. <sighs> yeah, just realize that jealousy is a real thing. And it's a sense of like <laughs> protection, right? Of what you love. But at the same time, extreme jealousy is usually a sign of, uh, I think, this is, this is not, this is just my personal opinion from personal experience, is like usually extreme jealousy is a sign of that you're using other people to give you validation and self-worth. Have you ever and gone through that? 
Um, I've never been a really big jealous person, but definitely have dealt with it in relationships and such. And I think that um, once, like, I, I, I think that, like, I think I show lack of self-worth probably through other ways, less that way. And I think that, like, but I think it's the same kind of thing, which is, like, you're, you know, you're using something else to make you feel good about yourself, which is, like, your loyalty of your boyfriend or your girlfriend or something. When in reality, it's, like, you need to get to a place where you're not relying so heavily on other people's opinions and views and actions to validate yourself so that if they do do something to betray you, it's painful, but it's not um, controlling your every emotion, you know? So I just think it comes down to like work on yourself to where you have enough validation and love for yourself to where like other people's actions can't make or break you. And I think it'll allow you to kind of relinquish some of that fear, you know, and be okay with the worst case scenario a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to admit if you're jealous. Oh yeah, you I'm have jealous. to. You have to I get, deal with I it. I get jealous about things, but if you, if I'm, if I'm, it's very different than if I was in denial of my jealousy. Knowing that I'm jealous and letting my partner know, like, no, I'm fucking jealous. Like, I don't want to know right. about that stuff. Right. That's where I'm like with that previous question. I'm like, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what my reaction would be. Right. Sure. 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 So I don't really know like what I'd want, and mostly it would come to some super base thing of mostly like how threatened am i yeah by the situation who is this person to you whatever that's what i'd be mostly thinking about yeah. i also just think that's sort of pathetic but i mean jealousy is a real thing i mean we oh not jealousy i'm ta- like if i were oh, dick pic. if yeah, i yeah. like there's girlfriends like look i'll admit there's girlfriends i've had there's girlfriends i do have where i had a crush on them at one point in my life but we sure. were like you know whatever we grew up together yeah we all date friends um, it'd be a fucking wild step to just be like, here's a pic. I'm go out on a limb here rather than tell you how I feel about you or whatever. I'm just going to snap a pic of my dick and send it <laughs> That's over That's what you. I was thinking about when I saw this question. Like, I thought, what? what a move, dude. What the fuck <laughs> is that? It's <laughs> like the idea that like, that's, this is going <sighs> to work. Rather than be like, okay, like you're a super old friend of mine. I'm just going to sit and like, we're going to have a few beers and I'm just going to admit this. I need to get this off my chest. When we're in like, we're at a music festival and you know, we're whatever. And I'm be like, you know what? I've always loved you. Like, I always imagined myself being with you and I'm not. And, but like, you know, I'm still whatever. That's very different to me than just like, here's an upshot Wednesday night. (laughs) Here's my cock. But that's what I'm saying is like, I don't know how I would be like, I don't know how you continue to talk to that person without addressing the (laughs) penis. All right, here we go. Um, Did you ever play the penis game when you were a kid? No. Where someone says penis and then you just say it louder and eventually whoever's saying it, someone's like, penis! Yeah, at like a restaurant or something. Yeah. Right, right. I, I definitely at some point. Great game. Um, okay, this is the last one. I'm in love with my boyfriend very much. Oh, good. That's it. No. Um, but <laughs> Okay, I'm in love with my boyfriend very much. But sexually, we are not a vibe thoughts oh that's a tough spot that is a tough man because it's really hard to find really good love you know what i mean like it's hard to find like someone you really connect with what's interesting to me about this question is to not have a sexual it's one thing to go through sexual dry seasons right where you're like oh right now we love each other so much sex has been kind of bad or like we haven't been on the same page or something like that but we've had amazing sex for years and whatever it's a not it's another thing to never have had good sex and be very much in love with someone. That means your guys' connection is very strong. But maybe... Or if it's, you know, 
if it's something that you feel like is there's work to be done, yeah, like if you really would, put the work in, I would circle back to what we were talking about before of like communication during sex and make like your wants clearer. Yeah. How you want to be touched, how you want to be interacted with. Maybe it has to do everything to do with foreplay, everything leading up to sex or like just your partner's general approach to it or like, you know, maybe your approach to it. Maybe you have like, maybe you're bringing some stuff. Maybe you're bringing like, you know, some baggage or whatever to that situation but i'd be like or some previous i sex was always like this for me now it's not with this guy that means it's bad sex when in reality it's yeah, just different sex you know exactly but i do think i firmly believe sex is more about intentionality than chemistry mm. i think like i think the hardest part going towards that is communication because we've just like i think culturally we've really fucked up the way that we approach sex to begin with. I think there's like a lot of guilt and shame and it's like this become this very taboo thing. And we've like ascribed like a lot of negativity towards embracing sex as like an activity Mm. when like, it's probably one of the cooler, more awesome things you could be doing. Right. You know, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and even saying that sounds weird. It's like makes me sound like some sexual deviant. At least like I think that if really? I say it out loud in a way. Mm. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, this is something where like, I mean, we've talked about sex a lot on it, but it's like, I don't know. I, I'm just, I think like I, I would love to see culturally us take a very, a much more positive attitude towards it. Got it. Especially with like, I don't... I think I you should, I think you should run for presidency on that alone. Stop. Becca was teasing me about running for like city council <laughs> and we were like, it would literally ruin my life. I would be so out of control as if I was on city council. Well, like Just, you said, you like, you are, you kind of, you know, I think you would be good with the grandstanding. You can, you can kind of, you know, that's kind of a move. So I think that... Why are the streetlights yeah, dimmer? I'm running on this. Okay, so real Why quick. do they have more streetlights north of that street than south of that street? That is intentional city planning. Right. Oh. I find this, what is going on here? Yeah. We need to get to the bottom of this. They Gotham. have cement trash cans while we have plastic. Yeah, you're more like a riot causer. Oh, I'm more so like <laughs> it's unequal. It's right. inequality. What is going on? Here? Right, right. I get very um, upset by that intentional, intentional inequality. I do not enjoy it. I do not. I despise it. I despise it. To wrap up the sex convo. Um, I also think like when it comes to chemistry with your with your boyfriend, it could be also the way you guys do things. So like like in decision making, right? Some people make decision making. Uh, analyzing the emotion of the room and go, we should make a decision because of this, this, and this, and it might offend these three people. But then if we offend these three people, we'll lose these three people and they'll kind of be against the whole group. Like they, they analyze it that way. Some people, it's just numbers, but then they burn half the room where the person who's analyzing the emotion may be lost on some of the numbers. But so you need to kind of come together with the concepts, like the emotional side and the logic side to really win. I think sometimes with sex, some people can be like, you can have one person on the room that's like highly emotional when it comes to sex. So it's like very intense. It's romantic. They love to be, you know, they love to be in the moment and like bonding with someone in a very spiritual way. And the other person's like, I just like to have fun and have it be chill. 
right? So it could also be like meeting each other in the middle. So it's it could also just be the fact that you guys aren't speaking the same language, but if you guys connect on meeting each other in the middle, I think that like that's where the chemistry could build. Well, my know? caveat to that is those two examples to me are like, if I'm having casual sex with someone new, then they're like, I'm just chilling kind of thing is like right far more sustainable sure no but if this but is your but this is our boyfriend if that yeah if it's long term i think the latter you gotta like work more, on that's finding what you the have language. to work on because you can't just go back to your like you can't go to your book of like here's the three things i do right. really good and this gonna work out for me it also has time. nothing to do with moves or anything it has everything to do with like vibe you so got it's all moves, like you though? gotta speak the, of course i got moved are you kidding me are you kidding me? Of course I got money. <laughs> <laughs> Should we open some packages? Yes. All right. We're going to open up a couple Favorite packages. time. Last time we did this, Evan was, we were, oh, we opened up dog treats and yeah. both Evan and I had some and then Evan just kept eating. And his, I forgot he, it was a dog treat. He was just eating. I was it. just like, going to eat. I was like, totally, man, that's crazy. Good. After the like episode. Oats. And yeah. I was like, oh, this we is the dog treat. <laughs> we were talking. He wasn't even on film. He was just eating it. You want to open up the cool one? Yeah. So this one's from, um, this guy it's from this guy's company that apparently he's an admirer of evan and i but he's it's kelly it's kelly slater never heard company, of him apparently we have one from kelly himself from kells from outer known that's pretty cool that's super cool oh dude i hope it's got like tickets to pipeline <laughs> it's just like no you know what would be brutal is if like this had been sitting here for a while and it was tickets to his last one that he won and then like oh! <laughs> they're just expired tickets I would be how I devastated would you be I don't know what I would I would be like in, in fly, like flights and just the whole thing paid dude, for dude I would be We'd like love dude, to we have open you this out. up and there's like it's, it's a whole like a whole package thing. for an expired event <gasps> yo sick Oh, two of them? Yeah, Let's maybe. go. And candy. And candy. Wow. Gosh. Dude, this is fire. Whoa, cool. I These feel like we quality, got the right colors, dude. too. I feel like, what, what size is yours? Medium. Perfect. Large, medium. Wow. Wow. The colors are fire. Wow, this is a really, really nice gift. This is I was not expecting. That's probably why they were texting. I'm like, "Hey, did you open it up yet?" Yeah, they're like, "Dude, <laughs> like we sent some this st- really long cool. time ago." <laughs> Apologies to people who have sent us stuff oh, a long go. time ago. We had to limit how many we open in a single setting. Oh, look at this! Aloha, bros. Already, just absolutely love it because I've been to Hawaii in a couple of years and I'm want to cry. Are you tearing up? This isn't a really small business, but I feel like y'all need these cozy shirts for early surf sesh or at the at the at the crag. At the crag, baby. Yeah. That's what you call it when you go climbing. Yeah. At the crag. Sick. Thanks for all the laughs while in public places making me look like a true creep. Sandy. Oh, Sandy, we love you. I love that. Incredible. Okay, so it's not from Kelly. It's from Sandy. It's from Sandy. She sent us some sick shirts. Incredible. Wow. Outer known. Just made my for night. people and planet. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay, I got one here. Bros. This is my small biz. I design kid socks made ethically in the USA. I hope all your kiddos love them. I love you and I love the broads. Much love, Lauren. This little piggy company. <gasps> I love Cute. that name. I love that name. Ruth told me today we were all barn animals. She was like, 
She's like, mommy would be a horse, Frankie would be a dog, I would be a peacock, and daddy would be a piggy. <laughs> You're like, go back to your room. It's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> piggy? And I'm like, who do you think you are? You're, You're a like, peacock? Yeah. I'm just like, She's like, I'm the coolest one. Of course one. you are. <laughs> just like Ooh. throwing her feathers everywhere. Look at these Look adorable at these. little socks. Which ones are going to fit Emba? I think they're all the same. I think they're all like, you know, there's, there's two sets of everything. I like you. I love these. Look at how cool these are. These are very cool. Wow. Thank you so much. What was yeah. Your name? Lauren. Oh, Thank you, Lauren. all different sizes, too. They're so cute. These ones will fit little Frankie. Nope. These ones Frankie. Ruthie can grow into. And these oh, Ruthie. these are so cool. Thank you so much. Should we do one more? Mm-hmm. As Frankie would say, yeah. 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 What this? What this? What this? Ruth, bro, she was, I had eaten chocolate mm -hmm. and she was, I had like eaten chocolate right before I was going to read her a book and I was still chewing on it and she stopped and she goes, what that smell? That's Ember all day. She goes, what that smell? And she makes me open my mouth mm -hmm. and she puts her nose in my mouth mm -hmm. and she starts smelling and my mouth. And she goes, I want some of that. Yeah. She goes, that's chocolate. Where's that from? Mm -hmm. And exactly I was just like, I died. Dude. I was like, what that smell? She's like, wait, that's some good stuff. What are you eating? What is that? What dat? New books to love. We're going to have to fight over it because we only got one. Okay. Ooh, dated. Here's so you know how long it's taken us to get to us. This is dated December 14th, 2021. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, dude, we can't go through all of them. I have like a whole stack of packages at my office I have to bring in. There's some really special stuff in there. I know it. And I apologize. And also we grab them randomly. So we, we could, totally we grab, could grab the thing we, we got could last grab week. It right or, on yeah, top. Yeah. We'll be Hi, about Evan that. and Grayston. My author, Samantha Allen, and I are such enormous fans of the show and thought you'd enjoy an advanced copy of her first novel, which combines a bachelor-esque setup with an old-school creature feature twist. Ooh. Well, I kind of feel like that's your vibe, dude. It kind of is, dude. Look, it's that like uh, King Kong holding a dame right there. Love that. Without further ado, allow me to introduce you to Patricia, a woman-loving lady ape. Yes, you read that right. And the woefully misunderstood eponymous star of this bold and wholly original fiction debut. This laugh-out-loud bracing satire follows the final four contestants of a reality television dating show to a remote island in the Pacific Northwest, love the setting, where they'll film invasive interviews, stoked rivalries, and snappy one-liners in the name of love. And unbeknownst to them, Patricia is watching from her place in the shadows. I think you'll soon become as obsessed with Samantha Allen's weird and wonderful novel as I am and look forward to hearing your thoughts. All my best, Serena, associate editor of Zando. Sweet. Very cool, Serena. Thank you, God. Thank guys. You. I don't know, just thank just you, one God. Person. Thank you, God. I like that. I like the way that cut off. It just sounded like, thank you, God. I know. That's what I thought. <laughs> All right. Here's another one. Hi, bros. Insert the sound of a white claw can opening here. I'm not totally sure if plug something segment is going to continue on the future episodes, but on the off chance that it is, I didn't want to miss the chance to send something along. I'm a big fan of your show along with the original broads. And I think it's very cool that the four of you have built this community together. By the way, I'm reading fast because it's very long. It's uh, clear that you're a couple of cool dads who are excited about the idea of breaking all, breaking all kinds of problematic nonsense in the service of your children. So I thought you might be interested in hearing a little bit about my podcast. Oh, it's called, okay. A little competition. Okay. Interesting. Audience. The SSR podcast. Sounds Russian. <laughs> yes. 
The SSR stands for silent, sustained reading, but also for sh- shit she read. Every, shit she read. Shit she read. I like that. Every week, a guest joins me to revisit a book from our tween and teen days. And we basically discuss the experience of coming to it as adults. It's a weird, hilarious journey and is, as I'm sure you can understand, as entrepreneurs and now podcasters yourselves, also rewarding. I have been running SSR uh, as a one-woman show since 2018 and have had the privilege of welcoming tons of amazing guests, including best sellers and well-known authors, even though people who aren't huge readers um, themselves enjoy the podcast since it touches on nostalgic pop culture from the ch- from their childhoods. Plus, uh, who doesn't love the opportunity to say the word fuck in a conversation about the books that they once assigned, once they once, a, once aside to read in school? I was going to say. I'm, yeah, I'm enclosing two SSR shirts for you to enjoy, so, uh, should you feel so inspired. But my husband loves to rock his. I have a feeling Let's that the broads see. would love listening to Ooh, SSR new podcasts out every Tuesday. And the pod is at SSR pod on Instagram. Um, yes, there's I some like more these. stuff, but this is awesome. Ali Hoff. Cossack, the SSR podcast. Thank you for These sending along. I recognize this the moment it came out. This is the Gilded Hammer Tea. This is a Gilded. What this is is a Gilded Hammer Tea. It's Gilded. It's the Hammer Tea. Six and a half ounces. Ruining your favorite children's books since 2008. I actually love that. This is cool. But I was going to say, it. what I liked when I do like the design too, and I like the tag on the back, and I really like the color. What I was going to say that I liked was um, she was. A lot of people, like what I found, a lot of people don't read at our age at all. Right. Like they don't read novels. They'll read like articles right. or whatever they're interested in. But most people haven't really read books since they were forced to. That's true. So a lot of us have, we've all probably read a lot of the same books. But like when you, I mean, I went through this when I got out of college and I was like, oh, I can read for my for myself for the first mm. time. I went back and reread a lot of books I was forced to read in, in um, high school because they're considered like great works, like yeah. classics. And I remember reading The Great Gatsby in high school being like, this is trash. Mm. This is a trash novel. Look and then you. I was just too young. I was way too young, like 15 years old. You do not understand what's going on there. What exactly? And I reread it and I was like, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. And people should be forced to read it, but probably like when they're like in their twenties. Because do you think it should be government law that at twenty five years old you have to read the book? Kind of. I mean, my dad. (laughs) It's just like the new law. I talked to my dad. My dad was like, "I didn't read The Great Gatsby till he was in like his sophomore year of college." Yeah. But it's like a fifteen year old reading The Great Gatsby. Like, there's a lot of that stuff. When you're young, you're like, even when you think about honestly, algebra two in like ninth grade or tenth grade. It's like you don't need algebra two like till later. It does feel like there's certain things where it's like, why am I learning this, dude? Like, I should be, I have to relearn this in college anyways. Like, when you when you go into college, you take, like, early math anyways. Like, there's certain have, things that you're, like, literary levels, some maths, you're kind of like, this is not applicable to my I age. I have mixed thoughts on that because I'm like, when we decide, when we, when we analyze literary levels of, like, a book, like, for instance, Hemingway, Hemingway doesn't use grammar or words beyond, like, what a middle schooler is capable of, but what he's writing about in very simple form is way beyond. Right. So it's like, you need to have a shitload of life experience to have those, to have, to really understand like the deeper meaning in those books. It has nothing to do with like, like competency of like, can you read and understand the sentence 
Yes. Do you give a fuck about what the sentence said based on what you've experienced in life and your relatability to this sentence are two totally different and, things. With math, my caveat is like, bro, we have 14-year-olds able to understand Algebra 2. 30 years ago, they wouldn't have taught Algebra 2 unless you were like in advanced placement and like out of college and in grads or some shit, like you'd be in something. Our brains, like number, if you introduce numbers to a kid, like you force them to do it, they're so so much more capable of understanding those things. But I'm with you. I fucking hated math. I was really good he's, at he's it. He's running for president, ladies and gentlemen. He's just, I just like think, in his own world. I fucking love you, dude. I think about he's, this You're stuff, like getting dude. yourself worked up about the education system. I don't like the way the education <laughs> system's taught. I mean, look, I'm very passionate about books and literature. He's running for local office, I, ladies I and gentlemen. I thoroughly enjoy it. For him. And I think These that we're the things poisoning I think we're poisoning people's experiences with books by the way that we're teaching them to kids. We shouldn't be reading these books this early on. They're unrelatable. And then we throw these things away where we just disregard them as being like trash novels when it's like they're not, they're incredible. But like we shouldn't be teaching Pride and Prejudice in high school. Absolutely not. We should not be, you know, this, I've, I will just Jane Austen. Jane Um, Austen shouldn't be read in high school ever. We are excited to see you this saturday <laughs> we'll continue we this debate there. we will be there on saturday you know what? i bet jess is a big jane austen so much. fan um is jess a big jane austen 6 p.m this saturday uh tune in it's gonna be lit it's gonna be so lit <laughs> jess and bronze dm me your favorite books <laughs> or your least favorite books